Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Slightly favours the right footer here, but Griffiths... Having got the goal, goes again. Quick no! five and drives it down now. Long we over. Oh, what a goal! What a goal! McCulloch saved it in. Barry Ferguson. Don't miss again. Right, less than a week to go until the big game that has been so frustratingly delayed. We're finally, Scotland are going to play in a World Cup playoff semi-final against Ukraine next week at Hampden Park, June the 1st. Now, the squad was announced on Monday. It is now at the time of recording, Thursday. By the time you're listening, it'll be Friday. We normally do an immediate reaction. Truth is, I was away this week on holiday with my mates, so... I'm just switching on to everything now after completely disengaging um, from social media, etc. for the last few days. So let's get straight into the thick of it, boys. I think the only place to start really with the squad announcement is, as expected, no Tierney. Um, now, I put out the call on Twitter, what's on your mind ahead of the game? And Ben and Gordon, you won't be surprised to hear that about 75% of the replies are asking, what does Steve Clark do? with the formation and if he sticks with the current formation does who, who comes into Tierney's position so Gordon we'll come to you first it's it is a it's a massive massive blow I don't think it can be underestimated how much Tierney's presence will be missed in this team and the options to replace him are Cooper and uh, Scott McKenna so where does Clark turn to here yeah, you're absolutely right. It is obviously a huge blow to lose Kieran Tierney, especially considering that since we moved to this three-at-the-back system almost almost two years ago, Kieran Tierney's barely missed a game. He's actually had his best run of fitness for Scotland, which has been incredible, and that's been a big part of our upsurge in form, our upsurge in results, and our, our success of getting to the Euros and now potentially to the doorstep of a, a World Cup. Um. But you have to remember he's only one player out of 11. And while and at least 
the one saving grace perhaps is that it's been pretty clear since since we had those friendlies back in March that Tierney would be unavailable. I'm sure as soon as he got that surgery, Clark would have known, he would have been on the phone, he would have known it's unlikely he's going to play. So Clark will have had plenty of time to prepare. This isn't like the game against the Czech Republic at the Euros where the news of Tierney's injury took all of us by surprise. I remember being in the stadium, finding out that he hadn't travelled and being devastated at that news. So we've had a lot longer to work out what the plan is. I think as well in our benefit, we've, we now have in our team, again, hopefully hoping that he's fit, we have a much better attacking right wing back in Nathan Patterson. So I think the balance of our play in an attacking sense can be better. You know, we don't need to rely on building through the left as much as we did before through Tierney and Robertson. So I think I take comfort in both of those things as much as I can. You know, whoever comes in to replace him will just have to try and do the best they can do with what they've got. It was obviously Cooper at the Euros. Cooper very much impressed when he played in the centre centre back in Grant Hanley's position back in November. So I'm not entirely sure about Cooper on the left side. Scott McKenna has obviously played there all season for Nottingham Forest in the left of a back three in a team that's done really well. But the only question mark about him is that he's playing in a playoff final this weekend, and he might only have he might only join up with the Scotland squad on Monday. So to throw him in would might be a risk. So. Look, I, I think you could almost put it down to a toss of a coin between Cooper and McKenna at this stage, but really the, the onus is on the rest of the team to step up and deliver and replace those bits of what Tierney does in building possession in in creating attacks. That, that, that needs to be spread across other players across the team. Ben, you're clearly mourning Tierney's imminent absence. Your resume name there, the ghost of Keaton Tierney <laughs> at the bottom of your screen. It's uh, yeah, Gordon's hit many nails on the head with all that. It's it's devastating, really. Um, and I, I almost do feel without the shock factor, I do feel as deflated as I did um, before the Czech Republic game when we heard that Tierney wasn't going to make it. Um, we were more prepared for this one, but when the news the news initially broke, whenever it would have been, I don't know, a month ago maybe, that Tierney had an operation and he was highly unlikely to play in the game, I did feel that same. Um, kick to the stomach, um, knowing that he wasn't he wouldn't be involved. I've said for a long time that I think he's our best and most important player, especially in this system. So, for example, Alex Johnson um, is one of the guys in the comments. Andrew Winton, another. Do is this when a plan B needs to be put into action? If plan A, if if the most vital component of plan A isn't available, and what would plan B? look like? Would it be a four at the back? Or have we come too far with a 3-5-2 or a 5-3-2 to, um, to change now? Yeah, we can't really sugarcoat it. Losing Tierney is an absolute body blow. Um, you saw how big an impact it had in that Euros opener against the Czech Republic. He's just so important to how this system works. I understand the sort of calls for a plan B, but I just think given how important this game is, how loaded it is, the pressure that is going to be on these players, I wouldn't change the entire system now for the sake of one player. Admittedly, how good a player Tierney is. Uh, I think it's just a case of you put probably McKenna into that slot. And as Gordon sort of alluded to, you're relying on other players to to provide more of an attacking uh, onus because that's the as good a defender as Tierney is. He's just so good at breaking through those lines and picking passes and overlapping. So... It's, it's absolutely huge boots to fill. Um, it's it's a real blow. Of the three players that were kind of on the on the edge, Patterson and Gilmore, obviously really important players as well, but Tierney was the one. If I could have picked any of them to make it, it would have been him. 
Um, but as you say, Clark's had time to to prepare for this one. It's not as if it's been blindsided like the the Euros opener. So my my hope is that he really does have have it all planned out, and hopefully, it's we're not going to feel that um, missing too much. I think Gordon, it was you that brought to our attention towards the tail end of last year that nine Scotland players got their debut in twenty twenty one. Yeah, nine. Yep. So although Clark's a creature of habit, really, he's not adverse to incremental changes when necessary. Is Stephen Kingsley too much of a wild card shout here in terms of similarity to Tierney to come in and do as close as possible a job as Tierney does for Scotland? I I don't think that Kingsley is, of course, on the same level as Tierney quality-wise. But in terms of style of a left centre half, Tierney and McKenna, from my understanding anyway, are, are wildly different. Cooper is more of a centre-centre half, I think we agree, Gordon. Um, so Kingsley has played there quite a lot of times for Hearts. Ben, we'll come to you on this one. You must see quite a lot of him. Is that wide of the mark or a feasible option? I would have had him. I think the fact that we picked four goalkeepers, I find that excessive. I don't see the need. I know we've got you know potentially five games in a couple of weeks. But for me, I would have had more bodies in midfield um, or defence. I think we're never going to play four goalkeepers. Um, I think Kingsley's had a brilliant season. He's nowhere near the level of Tierney. Obviously, everybody knows that. But he does play the same system. He understands about bringing the ball out from left centre half. He's done it all season. Um, sort of playing. He can play at left wing back as well. So the overlapping runs with Robertson would have been exactly the same. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that he's not in there. I think maybe the fact that Clark is kind of going with who he knows, as he always generally does, um, that's maybe just gone against Kingsley. But for me, I would have had him in the squad. And we don't have a free kick specialist, really, do we? Not really, no. No. Um... Christie, potentially, sort of set-piece taker, but I wouldn't say specialist. Mm. I mean... I, I, I'm, not, I'm not surprised that Kingsley is omitted. I don't know even if he entered Clark's thought process, to be honest. I just think that on this occasion, to try and get as someone who could perform as close to the style as Tierney does as possible, then it might have made sense to at least have him there, um, starting as a, a different matter. But anyway, he's not there, and it's going to be between McKenna and Cooper. I understand what you're saying, Gordon, about the playoff final being so close. Um, I think what professionals always say, though, even though it's at this late stage of the season, it's such a... There, there's it's a game with huge stakes and when players are playing successfully and in good form, they want to keep playing. That's what they all say. I don't think that that is a tired cliche that they just say to make just for the soundbite. I think that they actually all do really believe that when they're winning, they don't want to stop. And that's been the case for McKenna with Forrest and Scotland. So if he wins the playoff final at the weekend, I don't think he's going to want to go and chill out for a few days, I think he'll want to carry that high into being part of hopefully a successful Scotland camp, Gordon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're absolutely right there. And and you know, I, I think as well, there's 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 a wider point around the sort of general, the general mood around this group of players. You know, you've seen on the Scotland national team social media that for the last couple of weeks they've been running this sort of almost informal training camp with Scotland players as they've become available as their seasons have finished. Basically, just as almost like an open house where. The Scotland players can turn up and can train with each other and can just start that build up towards the squad coming together. And you know, you saw 
you know, Jacob Brown, Ryan Christie, and Lyndon Dykes just there from day one. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what incredible, what that, what an incredible insight into the attitude of this squad that, you know, as soon as the doors of training open for a Scotland camp, they're there champing at the bit to get in. They're desperate to get in and get their kit on and get playing. You know, they, they could have said, oh, do you know what? The squad's not even announced yet. I'm going on holiday. I'm off to Dubai. My season's over. But they're there day one for pre-training training. I mean, I just love that. I, th- I think it shows the, you know, it's they talk a lot in international football about this club mentality. And I think that's exactly what Steve Clark has managed to create with this team. And I think that's why you're not seeing new faces coming in for games of this importance. That It's like, we are the group, we are the trusted unit, and we're going to go do this. And it, it's not about disrupting that at this stage. Moving on to the right side of the back three, um, so the right centre half. Again, options, I think. The position has been claimed for some time by Scott McTominay, but you also have Jack Hendry. You also have John Suter, um, who was brilliant against Denmark. Not even just his goal to come in from the cold like that at international level, Ben, um, and be so important and, and a huge victory, one of our best over the last 10 years, really. Um, could see him getting into the team again. Uh came into the Hearts squad for the last couple of games of the season in the final. He's got a big move to Rangers this summer. Does he have the chance to start the, the semi-final or do you think Scott McTominay's got that all wrapped up at the moment? No, I, I think he's got a brilliant chance of starting. I think he obviously missed the last couple of friendlies, but in that last proper competitive game against Denmark, he was sublime. And uh, looking at that Scottish Cup final, I was obviously disappointed with the result, but Suter was Hearts' best player. And he had he'd hardly played for the, the couple of weeks before it or for the months before it. So, yeah, he's definitely got the sort of big game mentality. And if you're looking at Tierney not being there, I mean, Suter loves coming out from the back. He loves picking out those passes. He's so calm on the ball. I think he would be a great option uh, at right centre-back. I would have him there over McTominay. Gordon, how do you feel about this? Because McTominay still is quite a divisive selection at right centre half for Scotland. Some people think that there's no alternative to him in dark blue apart from there. Some people think that Scott McTominay should never be playing in a defence for for the national team. Where do you stand? Yeah, I certainly think that Scotland as a unit and as a team can play some of their better football with Scott McTominay at right-sided centre-back because he's able to carry the ball out, play, play the passes between the lines the way that Kieran Tierney can sometimes do and just get the ball moving upfield, get it through our midfield. Um, but I'm look, I'm 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 with Ben. I was so phenomenally impressed with with John Suter last time out in in November, and it was so pleasing to see him back back for Hearts back in the Cup final. And you watch some of those times he would pick the ball up just outside his box and just step out with the ball and just drive the ball upfield. And that's exactly what we're going to need in a game like against Ukraine and probably Wales as well. That you know we. I don't know. I, I just that that fills me with a lot of hope that he can bring that. But and then again, Hendry, he's been bombed out for quite a while from the Bruges team, but he did come back in, scored a goal. He's won won a league title in Belgium for his troubles. So we've got great options. That, this is the most important thing. Like you know, we've we've had debates in the past where you've been thinking, well, it could be A, could be B, but you don't really like either of them. Well, I like all of them. You know, if it's McTominay, Suter, I'm honestly, I'm more than comfortable with either. But. As it stands, we're saying and anticipating the back three would be Suter, Hanley, McKenna. 
I think that's what I would pick. Probably, but I, but the, I don't know if those three have ever actually played together before. And again, that's that that's then a potential risk of throwing them into this do or die playoff game. So potentially that then leads to McTominay, Hanley, McKenna. Maybe. But do, do you think the and, and I'm not absolutely championing championing a change in formation here, right? This is not um, any propaganda, but just devil's advocate. And that this was actually thrown into the, the comments as well by someone. Um, wait till I find the comment. There we go. It was Andrew Winton saying, if we do revert to a four without Tierney, that would surely catch Ukraine and any prep they've done completely off guard if we went to a four at the back. Uh, but then that would mean we'd have to play with wingers, which we haven't really done in a while, and we haven't really filled... Oh, in the squad. <laughs> yeah. Because Ryan Fraser's not there, is he? No. No. And Scott Wright was being Scott Wright was being touted as a late shout, and he's he's not in. Forrest? Forrest isn't there? No. Nope. nope. So, well, yeah. So I think we can safely assume that it will be continuing uh, with the the only yeah. plan really for Steve Park, which is the 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 high fullbacks, um, well, Andy Robertson and one, and that takes us nicely onto the other side because question marks now over who's going to play this position. We get four options really. Um, Nathan Patterson has barely kicked a ball for Everton. Uh, personally, it doesn't bother me. What bothers me is how is he recovered from his we uh, operation. Obviously, well enough to be included in the training camp. He's there alongside Stephen O'Donnell, Anthony Ralston, and Aaron Hickey, who is ambidextrous as far as wing-backs go. So where do we see the lay of the land here? We'll come to you, Gordon, on this one. I think that there is a real swell for Hickey to start this game at right wing-back should Nathan Patterson not be fit enough. Yeah, I, I can't see that at all. I think I think Nathan Patterson will be doing everything he possibly can in training to prove his fitness and prove that he's ready. I think the fact is, like you said, the lack of his first-team football, I don't think that will enter in Steve Clark's mind considering he was barely kicking a ball at Rangers and he was getting caps for Scotland and excelling for Scotland. So I can't see that being an issue at all. It will just come down to fitness, but he'll do everything he possibly can, I'm sure, to prove that he's ready and prove that he's up for it. Because like we said, without the attacking impetus of Tierney on the left, you need more of an attacking impetus on the right to help the team stay balanced. So I'm desperate to see Nathan Patterson make it. And I think if he doesn't make it, I would I would see Steve Clark go for Steve O'Donnell, to be honest, because we've spoken time and again that when it comes to big games, big moments, when Steve O'Donnell's called upon, he never lets us down. And it would be a more safety first approach. But this is a this is a playoff game. This isn't a two-legged affair. This is a cup final. This is one and done if you lose. So, yeah, I, I could almost see Steve Clark going for the safety first approach of, of Stephen O'Donnell if Patterson doesn't make it. What about you, Ben? Are you in favour of Old Faithful? Well, I think we know we know with Clark that that's probably what we're going to get. Um, I thought Hickey did well uh, in his debut for Scotland. I think... The season that he's had, you know, the sort of teams that are chasing him. He's, he's obviously a very, very talented footballer. Um, it is obviously a massive, massive game. Um, so there is, you know, there's massive pressure uh, that comes with that. And O'Donnell has much more experience. That's just undeniable. So you can totally see uh, O'Donnell coming in. I think Clark said that Patterson was unlikely to make this first game, whether that's sort of playing a bit of mind games with Ukraine or not, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I would, 
if we were really going to be attacking, I would like Hickey. Um, but I can see safe hands O'Donnell coming in. Is there any possibility of Hickey replacing Tierney, Gordon? Is that viable? Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's certainly one that I've heard, I've seen bandied about a little bit on some of the darker corners of Scottish football Twitter, or actually I've, I've actually seen someone suggest that Andy Robertson should play left-sided centre-back and let Hickey play left wing-back, which, <laughs> again, is another interesting approach to it. I, I think knowing Steve Clark and having watched his teams and having watched how he operates, I just, I, that would be a bold move too far, I think. You have to bear in mind as well, you know, we're looking at potentially four or five games in this camp you know once we get through the playoff games we've got home and away games against Armenia I'd massively be looking for Andy Robertson to be putting his foot, feet up for those games let Aaron Hickey play left wing back in those games because they are not no pressure because Nations League is still important as we all know and for qualifying for the, the next Euros but the immediate pressure of getting Qatar will be passed so there'll be plenty of opportunities and like same, the same goes for Anthony Ralston on the right as well I fully expect them to be more Nations League options than playoff options I think it's O'Donnell still gets a hard time and I think it's because he was in and out of the motherwell team at stages this season um, but it's important to remember that in our four most important or impressive results in the last 18 months or so, he's started every single one of them, which was Denmark 2-0, Austria away 1-0, England 0-0, and Serbia in the, in the final. That, that O'Donnell played in, in all of them. And I know he's not got the attacking uh, impetus and threat that Nathan Patterson's got. I mean, we saw Nathan Patterson's, was it his debut maybe? I can't remember, uh, against Moldova at home, where he just rampaged down the inside right and it was his shot that, was tucked away by by Dykes on the rebound and then his goal in Moldova as well, his assist for Dykes and the Pharaohs, just the boys got it um, in an area where O'Donnell doesn't, quite frankly. But I don't think that the the right-back area is in a perilous position should O'Donnell be played, which is still the approach that some people seem to, to be unwilling to open their mind from, really. Um, that because Stephen O'Donnell is playing for Motherwell, that that should automatically rule him out and we should forget about what he's done for the national team since Steve Clark picked him. And O'Donnell's admitted this himself. He was he was lucky to get involved with Scotland because he, he was a manager that knew him well and liked him and the options were really pretty thin on the ground. So it was right place, right time for Stephen O'Donnell. And you've said loads of times, Gordon, I can't remember your exact wording of it, um, but he's right. He's the right here, right now or something. What was it? Can you remember? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're, you're like he's. I can't. He's, he's, no, he's 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 the he's, man for he's the man for now. But he's not, not necessarily. He's not necessarily Mister Right, but he's Mister Right now. That was it. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was it. Absolutely. Um, that was it. But but I I, th- I think you know when you when you look at the Scotland squad now, and I think this is this is what I've always dreamed a Scotland squad could be is that we've gone beyond club form with this group of players, which I think is the best place to possibly be. Because we've built a team, you know, that this this is the Scotland team. They play together every game, they train together every game, and we've achieved success because of it. What they're doing at club level, I don't think matters anymore because they're so well drilled and they're so well practiced at playing for Scotland. And you only have to look as far as what Billy Gilmore's done for Scotland this year when he's had a horrendous season for Norwich, miserable season in, in the English champ in the English Premier League, but yet he comes away for Scotland, he gets placed into that Scotland midfield, and he's absolutely brilliant. And 
that just shows you that we've built a system that they know exactly what to do in. And yeah, club form, irrelevant as far as I'm concerned. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's move on to Gilmore then. He is also touch and go. I think it was, I don't, I have no idea how serious the rolled ankle or um, ligament pull or whatever it was um, that he suffered was or is, but he's obviously well enough to be included, whether it's not for the Ukraine game, Ukraine game, but for the ones subsequent to that. Um, do we expect him to be starting alongside surely Callum McGregor in the midfield next Wednesday or is Ryan Jack, a fully fit Ryan Jack, a better option, Ben? No, I think if Gilmore is fit, then he plays. I think the way he has played for us recently, it would just be, it would be madness to take him out of it because he's just, he is so good on the ball and he just obviously understands this system so well. And he actually really makes us tick almost to a Tierney level. Like Tierney in defence makes the defence work. I think Gilmore makes that midfield work because he always wants the ball He's always trying to go positive and try and move us forward and he can retain the ball. So in a big game, he is exactly what you want in midfield. So for me, if Gilmore is fit and from what Clark was saying, Patterson was more of an outside chance, whereas Gilmore, it seemed to be that he was fit. I don't know if he was maybe putting his feet up a little bit at Norwich at the end of the season, uh, trying to keep safe for Scotland. But I think I think he's going to be all in for this game. So I would really hope to see uh, to see Billy starting. Gordon, what can you tell us about this? You've got your ear to the ground. Yeah, well, yeah, I, th- I think I think Billy plays. I think absolutely Billy plays against Ukraine. Uh, you know, from from what I heard from the the injury that ruled him out the last game of the Premier League season, uh, it didn't sound super serious at all. He went back to Chelsea for some checks. Obviously, he's fit enough to be called up to the Scotland team. He'll prove it in training. But the fact that Scotland have never lost a game when they've started with the midfield of McGregor, McGinn, Gilmore. I would absolutely like to continue with that. Thank you very much. Yep, not the only one, mate. Um, so Gilmore, if he's fit, uh, I think Ryan Jack probably the, the next best. Or maybe would it be Jack next to Billy Gilmore? Plenty of people would advocate for that. Jack's uh, finished the season strongly with Rangers, scored a screamer against Hearts in the final. Um, I think that I'm, I'm now at the stage... Uh, Happy to be proved wrong massively that Callum McGregor is a, a, just an integral part of this Scotland team. I think he took a while to grow into his, his jersey, but man, it fits him perfectly now. So he's in the midfield for me every day of the week. In front of him and Gilmore, again, undisputed starter. Is he joined by Ryan Christie or uh, David Turnbull or Stuart Armstrong or A another? Or is it Lyndon Dykes, 
up there with uh, Shea Adams, with McGinn, and behind Gordon. Yeah, I, th- I think that this is possibly, you know, as much as the, the Tierney and the right-back and the right-centre-back are headaches, I think this one might give be, be giving Steve Clark the most headache because there's so many different combinations you can play. And, you know, Scotland over the last couple of years have played with so many different combinations. It's really, really hard to pick. Obviously, you know my feelings on Shea Adams. I think Shea Adams could should and will start. So it's who plays alongside him, who can bring out the best in him, who can feed off him. I think, you know, Christie seems to have had a decent season at Bournemouth, but then Armstrong again is a great player. And then Lyndon Dykes, goodness me, again, like I said, he's he's become a player that will just run through anything for Scotland, you know. And I think, I don't know if you saw on his Instagram story yesterday, his new tattoo of the massive Claymore yeah. sword wrapped in thistles that has the date of his Scotland debut on it. And I'm like... He just bloody loves it. He bloody loves Scotland. And I just, I, I want him to do well for, you know, I'm, I'm desperate for him to do well because he's desperate to do well for us. So I wouldn't be opposed to Dykes, but oh God, it's really difficult. It's really, really difficult. I think that Christie is probably the man that we can expect to play um, from the start next to him again and behind Shea Adams. But let me throw a little name into the fire. Jacob Brown. Or is he one that's going to probably feature more throughout the Nations League games, Ben? I think when you look at the three, I think it's most likely going to be between Christie and Dykes because they've both delivered for Scotland, like properly delivered for Scotland in really big games. And when you're looking at a semi-final, those are the kind of guys that you want. You know, Brown could could be that potentially, but for me, it's between Dykes and Christie. I would lean towards Dykes because I really like having more of a physical presence up front. If Ukraine are going to sit in and kind of try and hit us on the break, I would, I would like for Adams to have somebody to play off. There's always, there's always a danger if it's Christie that Christie can sometimes be a little bit too far away and then Adams becomes isolated and we become very easy to defend against. Whereas I think if you have Dykes and Adams, you've, you've got McGinn as a willing runner. He's always going to support. He's always going to run in behind. I just think that makes us so much more dangerous going forward. I'm a bit concerned, obviously, Dykes. I don't think Dykes has scored since January and I don't think Adams has scored since February. So there's that they're not exactly in lethal form for their club, but they have delivered for us. You just think of that beautiful goal that Adams scored against Denmark. Like they know how to score big goals for us in big games. And I think if you play both of them, you've got every chance that one of them is going to turn up in that game and be the hero. I think that's a good point to make that even though Dykes was on fire earlier in the season, wasn't he? I think that there's so much more to his game than putting the ball in the net. He was our hero throughout the qualifying campaign. Four, did he score four winning goals or four games in a row? Uh, scored four goals. Scored four, four games in a row, yeah. Four games in a row. Obviously, a really important equaliser against the, uh, Israel, the VAR one. A couple of winners as well. The uh, Missed the penalty and uh, or, uh, missed, no, scored the penalty in Austria, but then had the character to recover from the missed penalty against Israel. Um, I think that for, for ages, and I, I draw, I, I make myself tired with this comparison, but um, when Juba ran us ragged, I was desperate for us to produce someone like that. And then Dykes came along and it was his performance in Serbia was, was the best Scotland striking performance I've ever seen. It was like exactly what, I was looking for when Russia tore us apart. I thought we need someone that can can do that. And I think with Adams, you make a good, good point with Adams off him and McGinn running in behind as well. I just think defenders would hate to play and do hate playing against 
Lyndon Dykes if he's if he's in the mood. I, I I know he's not the you know the absolute predatory finisher, but I think there's so much more to him than that. Yeah, Andy, you're 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 absolutely right. I mean, Dykes is just he's a he's a one man force of nature. You know, I, I think he's um I think I've described him before as a human fist. He just <laughs> barrels. He just barrels about the pitch. You know, he'll fight you in the trenches. He'll win the headers against you. Like you said, he must be an absolute nightmare to play against. And if you give him half a yard, he'll just karate kick the ball into the back of the net. So, and given given what I said earlier about his commitment and his passion for Scotland, I just, if the ball's going to fall to anybody, I'd, I'd be delighted for it to fall to Lyndon Dykes because I think he'll give it absolutely everything to stick it in the net. Um, but but again, if he's up, up alongside Shea Adams, I, I've got just as much faith in Shea Adams being the hero for us next week. Well, Steve Clark doesn't really like to talk about omissions. I don't even know if he gets asked much about them anymore. But whenever there's a squad announced, despite the um, rather settled nature of the squad these days, there are always one or two that people would like to see called up and given an opportunity in training to impress or maybe from the bench in one of the Nations League games, for example. And in this occasion, I would I would think that included in that bracket are two pretty obvious names. Um, ben, I'll come to you on them both. First one would be, well, we've covered Stephen Kingsley, but another one would be Scott Wright and then another one would be Alan Campbell. So this is the, is the clear and obvious thing that this is just too important to consider bringing in someone who is not going to play too many games or get too many minutes, or would you like to see them maybe brought in for the Nations League games later on in the month, especially if some of our bigger players are given a wee bit of a rest? Yeah, I think there's definitely an argument for both players. I think uh, Campbell's had a superb season uh, with Luton. I think he he won virtually every player award that, that they had. Um, and He's got about a million caps for the under-21s as well. So it's not as if he's not been in the setup. Like, he knows the setup really well. The SFA are obviously very aware of him. I think he must be very, very close because um, he's, a, from watching him at Motherwell before, he's just a brilliant, brilliant box-to-box midfielder. You would love to have him alongside you uh, in your midfield. Uh, Scott Wright, obviously, played in Europa League final, Scottish Cup final. He's, you know, he's obviously got talent. He's a, a really good option up front. But I think, as you've said, uh, the the chances of bringing a new person in for these two games, touch wood, it's going to be a semi-final and a final. It's very unlikely that they would even make the bench. Um, he's going to stick with the guys that he knows. It's all about trust. You know, it's really important for the players as well to know that they're trusted and vice versa. So not surprised that they're not out. I think having the, four, I think we touched on it, the four goalkeepers for me, I, I don't understand it. I think one of those could have potentially come in because a midfield option, especially with Gilmore, you know, say that Gilmore unfortunately picked up an injury. We don't have that many other midfielders. Uh, you've still certainly, got potentially four games to go. Certainly none like Alan Campbell. No, no, exactly. He's a totally different option. Um, so, yeah, I, for me, I would have had Campbell. I think Campbell would have been a good option. I think he's had a great season. He's done everything he should do for the under-21s. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a matter of time until he comes in. I think he was uh, rumoured to be getting included in the squads, Gordon. I was actually surprised not to see him. Yeah, agreed. But again, I think I think I mentioned earlier that you know, just given the given the importance of these matches and given the sort of the club dynamic that Steve Clark has created over the recent couple of years, you know, 
especially after people when people weren't involved in the friendlies in March I basically felt like there was no chance of new faces being included now because you know you've got to remember that this this week is not just about who's on the pitch on Wednesday and who's on the bench it's about who's in the group who's in the hotel who's in training it's about everything it's about everything this group does and they are so they've become so good at it because they've done it so many times together this wasn't the time to disrupt it at all you never know potentially there, there, there could be the option of adding to the squad sometimes players get added to the squad mid-camp you know if, if players get injured pull out so you never know we we could see new faces for nations league games but yeah i i can't say i'm super surprised and I'm, i wouldn't say there was anyone out there who was not only pushing for inclusion in the squad but pushing for inclusion in the team that that makes me overly concerned that we're, we're missing out on anything i think another one that was thrown around um from here to there was Barry Mackay, great season for Hearts, but again, just in an area where Clark doesn't really seem that bothered, really. Um, don't, don't play with wingers. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it nullifies Barry Mackay's chances, and of course, as we've seen, James Forrest and Ryan Fraser, although I'm unsure, Gordon, whether Ryan Fraser's omission is down to the style of play, or if this is still just simmering from you know the, the little issue that Clark seemed to air that you had with Ryan Fraser? Yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. It's a, it's, a, it's a difficult one to read because obviously Fraser was in quite good form coming into March and then wasn't included. And then there was this talk that maybe that was him spending time on the naughty step effectively. And now, But now I guess he's been out of the Newcastle team for a while. He's been injured and now he's not included. So maybe now is more, you know, the, the outcome is the same, but the process is different. Maybe now is more a, more a fitness thing than anything else. Well, Glenn... Schroeder is in the comments asking, how do we feel compared to the build-up in March? Are we more confident? Are the nerves starting to creep in more back then? Has the weight done us any good or made it worse? Ben, what do you think? I am terrified. I really don't like the the build-up, the entire situation. I think the emotion of the entire the entire game, everything, it's its just so loaded. It just feels like the most loaded game of football. And I know we shouldn't, but I just it's just such a shame that it's its going to impact us in the way that it is. I know, obviously, we have nothing compared to what Ukraine have gone through, but its it just really concerns me that all the interviews with the Ukraine players, they're talking about how much they want to do the country proud I don't think you're going to have seen another team that are so desperate to win. And that is what we're facing. I I really liked what Robertson was saying um, in his BBC interview. And he said, you know, we have to put all of that to one side and we have to, we're we're battling for a place at the World Cup as well. And I totally believe that he is going to believe that. Um, But I I just think that that is a massive, massive, it's going to have a massive. Is that my Wi-Fi or Ben's? No, it was Ben's. Ben, sorry, you cut off just as you're saying it's going to have a massive something. <laughs> it's going to have a massive impact on that game <laughs> that, that it could that it could have not had. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, and that's you, right? Um, yeah, Gordon, it's it's going to be, I think, the most emotionally charged national anthem that Hamden's probably ever seen from an away side. It's, I think that leaflets are actually getting handed out so that everyone can sing along. Is that right? Yeah, that's that. That's certainly what I've heard. Yeah, yeah, they'll be distributing the, the Ukrainian national anthem, so we can all get our uh, get our tonsils around that. Um, 
yeah, I, I am. I don't. I don't know how I feel. Honestly, I'm so conflicted about this whole situation. I think, in a sporting context, I felt like our team was absolutely flying into those games in March. I thought all of our players were fit. All of our key players were fit. Adams was scoring. Dykes was scoring. McGinn was scoring. Everybody was just felt like it felt like we were riding this wave of momentum right into March, and then that had to get the rug got pulled out from under us for obvious reasons and yeah I don't know it is it's, it's so strange to think that you know you know as a Scotland fan and you we've always been used to being the small country and being the plucky one that's going up against being the underdog going up against the bigger teams and hoping that we'll get something and you know you often feel like the world can sometimes think oh the Tartan army they're good guys well we want them to do well and this will genuinely be the first time that the, the entire world will not want us to win and that is going to be utterly surreal um but look that, that's just the situation that's the hand it's the cards have been dealt it's the situation we've been dealt and we just have to deal with it and i think whatever whatever the situation is you know we do still have we have a massive advantage here we we have to we have to come to we have to accept that we have an incredible advantage you know i was looking at the ukraine squad and more than half of their players play domestically in ukraine which means that they've not played a competitive game since december so we have an incredible advantage going into this game. Gordon, what sort Admitted- of level have they been playing at friendly-wise? Because I know they beat Gladbach 2-1 or 2-0 in a friendly have they yeah. played many more. So they played um, they played Empoli as well <coughs> in Italy. I think I think their last one's been cancelled though. So they've they've been playing decent level, decent ranking top division European sites. So they, they have been playing friendlies, but obviously a handful of friendlies in the last couple of weeks can't really replicate the last few months of competitive football. They, they just can't. So, it, yeah. But then look, looking beyond it, you know, I think as well what, what pains me is that the fact that we've had to have these games bumped into June, the fact that we're only going to get four days between the semi-final and final, whereas every other team got five days between their semi-final and final, the fact that Wales can play... Poland midweek in Nations League and play, they've already admitted that they'll play a B team, they'll rest their full team squad for Sunday's playoff final, should we be lucky enough to get there. And then that this will obviously affect our Nations League campaign, which as we said before, win our Nations League group, we're seeded second for Euros, finished second in Euros qualifying, we've qualified automatically. So this will impact our ability to be successful in Euros qualifying as well. So it's just the whole situation is really unfortunate in every single way. But I think the most important thing that we have to reflect on is that this is the best thing possible that Ukraine are coming, that they're fulfilling this match, that they continue to be part of this global sporting community that we all buy into in, in international football. And it was, it's the opposite side of the coin to Russia being excluded from international sport, rightly so, that Ukraine have to be embraced in international sport. And that's what we'll do. On Wednesday, we welcome them, we respect them, we will applaud their anthem. Some of us might try and sing it, and then we just have to beat them, and that's that's the bottom line. Yeah, hundred uh, percent with you, echoing all those sentiments. Um, personally, in, in response to Glenn's question, the, the tyranny injury is, um, I think, tipped it more to nerves and trepidation rather than excitement. I, I felt pretty good about the game coming up in March. I think, similarly to you, Gordon, we were in great form. It felt like we were. Well, we, we were really, we were riding a, a brilliant wave together um, with Hamden, we'd seen it against Israel and uh, Denmark so recently, just riotous really with joy and then to have that snatched away 
um, just as the game was approaching was was tough, but um, I'm sure we'll fill it to the brim um, on Wednesday and it'll be great again. But I think that just that little disruption in momentum, which is such a key thing in sport. I mean, just look at fucking Man City the other day, Man City against Villa. You know, as soon as one thing happened, the whole title race just tilted in the final 15 minutes of the season. Some things like that can happen so quickly. Dykes' VAR um, goal um, against Israel, you know, that really tipped the second half back in our favour. So, yeah, I, th- I think that Tierney's injury has, has made me far more nervous than I was back in, in March, yeah, for sure. But, you know, I think when the last time we had these games postponed, um, it meant that we were eventually able to play Israel with McGinn and another important McTominay. that wouldn't have made it. Was it McTominay? Yep. Um, they would have missed it had the game um, been played before the COVID shutdown. So, you know what, maybe this is just a wee bit of um, luck coming back round. Um, last time it was in our favour. Uh, well, until we didn't have Tierney, Christine and Armstrong with the, the COVID, uh, they, they didn't play with COVID in the semi anyway. So, um, yeah. But anyway, just to sum up, Tierney's injury has, has caused me a lot of grief. Um, but yeah, I think we'll probably leave it at that until the game, fellas, if if you want. If we're feeling like we need to get anything off our chest, we can do one in the immediacy of the game. Maybe some players will have pulled out or they'll have some more news. But I think until then, the next time that we'll be bringing you a podcast will either be in the World Cup playoff final or not. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah. Great to have you on again, fellas. And uh, yeah, we'll see if we're, what kind of pod we're recording next Thursday or Friday. Hopefully Perfect. a happy one. <laughs> yes. Look, I, look, I, I, th- I think even, even with this trepidation, honest prediction right now is that we're winning next week. I think we're, we're beating Ukraine. I think going to going to Cardiff gives me the fear. That, that, that is because Wales just seem to pull results out of thin air in Cardiff. They're at, the atmosphere of the team, the crowd... They get results there, and that is going to be very difficult. But look, we've 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 got some big results under Steve Clark, so let's get two more. Yeah. And we've right, got let's... the squad quality now, I think, to win both those games, even without Tierney. So that that does give me hope. The belief, I think, I think, I think, I think more beyond beyond the quality, this this team believe in themselves finally. So, yeah, but we can do it. Let's end on that nice rosy note. All right, guys, let's chat next week. Perfect. Cheers. Podcast Network.